Welcome to the FCC Podcast. Hear all the stories, worship, and teaching from Sunday service. Want to connect with us or learn more about FCC? Visit us at FCCETown.com. The journey towards Christmas seems slow and methodical all year long, until it doesn't. And right now, that journey may feel rushed and hectic, but you know where it's leading and the moment you're awaiting. But the first Christmas was a bit different. The Christmas that defined what we celebrate this time of year was a journey unknown by many of its most well-known participants. Yet, each of those journeys warms our hearts and speaks to our moments and emotions of the season. And this season, they once again lead straight to the one who has always been the destination. The King, the Savior, the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus. For the past few weeks, we've been talking about these journeys. We've talked about the journeys that, that all these different parts of the Christmas story have taken. The Magi who really ended up taking a journey that took them halfway around the known world until they finally got to the place that the star was leading them. And even that was a journey that took them a long time to accomplish. Now, in contrast to that, there were the shepherds who didn't have a very long journey. I mean, their journey was the shortest of anyone. They were right there in Bethlehem when they found out that Jesus had been born. But the way that they were told, the, 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 the sky lighting up, with the choir of angels making their announcement, it, it made the starting gun for pretty intense. And of course, there's Mary and Joseph. Their journey, for lots of different reasons, was very unexpected to how they thought that season of life was going to go. But still, there's another person in the journeys that happened at Christmas. And he is the one that we're here to celebrate tonight. He's the one that we're here to focus on. He, he's the one that we are here to praise. And as we think about his journey, his journey is maybe a little different than we thought that it was supposed to be. And to understand the details of his journey, we're going to look to a, a telling of the story of Jesus to one of the Gospels that we haven't spent a lot of time in during this trip through these journeys, and that's the Gospel of John. Because John is actually one who gives us the best description and all the details and information surrounding the journey that Jesus took. Here's how John starts his gospel. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made, and in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word. That's Jesus himself. He was with God. He was God from the beginning of all of this. I mean, before this place ever was, he is. And it's important to remember that about him because it's, it's actually the beginning of his journey. His journey didn't begin 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. 
Remember what John said, through him all things were made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness. Heaven had forever been his home. In the throne room of God, his residence. I mean, that's where he started, not as a baby, but as the Word. Now, have you ever been in a moment, in a, a situation where you needed to move on to the next thing? You needed to move on to the next part of life, the next part of your day, the next thing on your to-do list, but where you were in that particular moment, you were so comfortable and so happy with where you were, even though you knew that you needed to move on to that next thing, it was hard to think about trying to get out of the comfort that you were in. Maybe you had that this morning. I mean, it is cold. And with it being so cold, and you knew that it was windy before you ever opened a door, and maybe you were under the covers a little longer today than normal, had the pajamas on a little longer today than normal, and and, and even though it's Christmas Eve, and even though maybe there were some things that you needed to get done that you didn't get done yesterday, boy, you just didn't really want to leave what was so comfortable and what was so warm. Well, take that and amplify it by infinity, and you might get somewhere near what Jesus did. Because I cannot imagine leaving the coziness and the warmth of heaven to come to the manger in Bethlehem. And how mentally, how emotionally, how physically uncomfortable must that have been? Uncomfortable. <laughs> that may be the understatement of this entire season. I mean, here is what John tells us about what Jesus did. He said, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. That was the journey. But who made that uncomfortable journey? I mean, how do you picture Jesus? Who is this one who is full of grace and truth. How do you describe him? Is he powerful? Is he successful? Is he accomplished, heroic, a leader, a warrior? You know, from a certain perspective, he's all of those things and yet somehow seeming to be none of them. We live in a world that demands a certain amount of aggressive assertiveness. I mean, if you're going to be successful, if you're going to be known, if you're going to have accomplishments, then you better be aggressive. And, and everything that we do is a competition, which means that there is always a winner and there is always a loser. And this is not a new phenomenon. This is not something that we've come up with in our time. This is not part of just our culture. It's not even an American thing. You go all the way back to, to Jesus' disciples. Jesus' disciples were competing Two brothers were competing with all the other disciples and even with one another. They came up to Jesus and they said, Jesus, would it be okay with you if we would sit on your left and your right 
when you finally take the throne here as king. Now they would ask this of Jesus with all that arrogance that's dripping from there. That They would ask this as they're heading into Jerusalem for Jesus' last trip into Jerusalem. They don't know that it's his last trip, but Jesus does. And they're headed towards the crucifixion. It's that week that they ask that question and they want to go to the head of the spear. They want to be the front of the spear for Jesus and they think they can take it. And Jesus even asks them during that conversation, do you really think that you can drink from the same cup I drink from? Do you really think that you can lead what I lead, that you can do what I do? And without hesitation, such arrogance inside of them said, absolutely we can. And they were wrong. Because when the moment came, they ran away. When the moment to be assertive was there, they were gone. But Jesus spoke into their arrogance just a little bit during that conversation that he had with them. He said this, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The one who came from the Father, full of grace and truth, came not as a boss, but as a servant. And he's the one that we're here to celebrate tonight. Now, the Apostle Paul never knew Jesus in the manger. He never met the baby. He never maybe even knew much of that story. And the way that he described Jesus shows up in Philippians chapter 2. He said, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so here we are 2,000 years later, and our world is still baffled by the idea that someone who is remembered and someone who is celebrated and someone who is followed all these years later could possibly be described as a servant, could possibly be described as someone who was humble. But the uncomfortable journey that Jesus took did not ever change who he is. This text in Philippians chapter 2 says that he became nothing. Some translations say that he emptied himself. What did he empty himself of? What did he give up when he became a man? Well, he did empty himself of the glories of heaven, of the prerogatives of being divine. He emptied himself of rank and of privilege and of rights. But the Lord of all became a servant. And more clearly than any other place in Scripture, this passage of Scripture right here in Philippians chapter 2 gives us the shape of the incarnation. He humbled himself. 
and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. The uncomfortable journey that Jesus took didn't start in a manger, but it didn't end there either. That journey for Jesus finds its finish line with you. He came for you. He became a servant for you. He emptied himself for you. The cross and the empty tomb were for you. So tonight, we don't just celebrate the manger. We celebrate the victory found when he walked out of the tomb. Because he walked out as the hero. And he walked out as the leader. And he walked out as the warrior for your life. Tonight we're going to participate in communion together. And we're going to do that as a remembrance of this uncomfortable, servant-filled journey that didn't start nor did it end at the manger. He humbled himself for you. He left heaven for you. He was a sacrifice for you. And so we have the bread that reminds us of his body crucified. The juice that reminds us of the blood that flowed for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, tonight we are focused in on a moment in the journey that brought us freedom. The moment that we remember and celebrate tonight is your entrance into the world, but that was just part of the journey and it wasn't even the beginning and it certainly wasn't the end. And so we thank you not only that you came, but we thank you that you would follow all the way through to the sacrifice of Jesus on a cross. Payment for the sin of all mankind, including mine, including ours. Again, right now, we remember what the Word did for us. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up the, all these things and pondered them in her heart. The announcement of the light of the world was filled with light. The glory of the Lord shone around them. The light of the world was announced with light in the sky. And he was light in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome him. And then Jesus called for us to be the light of the world as well. Out in the commons, as you have walked in many times, or maybe just tonight, you notice that great display that's out there that says, Be a light. And that display is made up of bulbs, and on those bulbs are words, and those words are names. They are names of people that we want to be a light to. People for whom we have been praying for, and we have been praying for opportunities, and we have been praying that the light of Jesus would shine in their life. The light of the world spreads that way. It always has. Person to person, life to life, relationship to relationship. 